Hi, friends. Welcome to the Gritty and Curious Show, a podcast where we have conversations with gritty and curious people. I'm your host, Austin Schlesinger, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the gritty and curious Ben Dewolski. Ben is the CEO and head coach at Wad Prep. He's a previous CrossFit Regionals athlete, and he recently hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. This was one of my favorite episodes to record thus far because I've turned to Ben and his YouTube channel, Wad Prep, so many times throughout my CrossFit journey. If you know me, I love CrossFit, and it's been something that's changed my life significantly for the better. So I'm just so excited to get this episode out to you all. Ben and I talk about his journey building Wad Prep, how CrossFit can change your life, the trickle-down effect of CrossFit, and why you should start today. And then inversely, we talk about why CrossFit sucks and why it scares some people away, but I still encourage you to try it. I think it's one of the best ways to get in shape and increase the longevity of your life. And then the last thing is how to learn new things with an abundance of information that is out there throughout my CrossFit journey and my journey in life. I've always tried to find the best ways to learn new things and it's kind of difficult now because there's so much information out there and it's difficult to kind of find reliable sources and the best ways to do that. So Ben and I talk about that a little bit as well. But anyways, I'm super excited to share this episode with you all. So let's get right into it. Ben, welcome to the Gritty and Curious podcast. Hey, man, I am excited to be here. Well, congratulations on everything you've built with Wad Prep. Your content and guidance has significantly helped me in my CrossFit journey and has inspired me to create my own ventures and start, you know, experimenting with a bunch of other different things. But I'm really curious about your journey and how you got to where you are today. You're the CEO and head coach at Wad Prep. You're previously a CrossFit Regionals athlete. You're a gym owner. You recently hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Like, dude, I'm just really curious to kind of just dive right into your journey and, you know, just elaborate on how you got to where you are today. Sure, man. Um, so ultimately, I I found CrossFit in, in college. I went to NC State University um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I did CrossFit a lot there. I ended up getting plugged in with a gym uh, called CrossFit Invoke, which is in Raleigh still to this day. <clears throat> and then from there, I graduated and went back home and started coaching at a gym that was, you know, closer to my, you know, I'm like moved back with my parents because that's what college kids do these days. I was like, well, I don't really know what we're going to do. Um, and also my girlfriend at the time was living in Maryland as well. That's where I'm originally from. So I moved back home to Maryland and I start coaching and then kind of the stars aligned where one of my uh, high school friends was also into CrossFit and he he's like, Hey man, I'm thinking about starting a CrossFit gym. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I, can I help? Can I coach for you? And he's like, actually, I'm like looking for someone to like help me run a CrossFit gym. Like, cause I don't really know how, cause he hadn't really been involved in a CrossFit gym nearly as much as I had been. Um, so long story short, we, we started a gym, we launched it. It's called blue crab CrossFit it still stands to this day. Now they actually have two locations. Um, and we started that. I ran it for a year and a half. I had gotten engaged during that time as well. My wife is in the U.S. Navy, so she was in Florida for flight school. So I'm, I'm running my affiliate. We're having a good time learning a lot about running an actual business, you know, that isn't just a solo, you know, venture. It was like a business with people and hiring and, you know, it was all kinds of stuff. We had no idea what we were doing, but we were learning through it. Eventually, um, because I was engaged uh, and then I eventually got married to my now wife. Um, she's in the Navy, like I said. So I had to move from Maryland to Florida. And then from once she graduated flight school, she became a helicopter pilot. We went from Florida to San Diego and then San Diego to Japan and then Japan to Denver. That's where I am now is Denver, Colorado. So during that process, once I moved away from the gym, uh, my business partner and I were like, you know, Hey, this, this really isn't working out. You know, he's doing all the in-person work and it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to do remote work if your gym is an in-person facility. So ultimately I sold my shares of the business. So I, I sold blue crab CrossFit. I sold my half back to, to the other owner 
And I kind of was like in limbo and I was like, I have no idea what I need to do. I have like, I have no idea what I want to do. Maybe I should go get a job, but I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. And I studied a lot of entrepreneurship in, in college. And then I started literally, it was just like, there was two weeks before the CrossFit open in uh, 2014. And I just like said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to make some videos. I'm going to, I'm going to make some videos and, and give people some strategy on how to do these open workouts because everyone's so excited about them. Let's, let's talk about it and I'll, I'll see if I can help. And they actually got a lot of traction. Like that first year, they were the ugliest videos you've ever seen. Zero editing. I shot it straight <laughs> through, trimmed the beginning, trimmed the end, and posted it on Facebook. Didn't have a YouTube channel, didn't have Instagram, didn't do anything. And ultimately, it showed me that there was some traction. Fast forward. Uh, you know, about a year later, I decided to really, really make wad prep a thing and launched my first course. I launched a course called Muscle Up Madness, which is a, a ring muscle up development program. And I shot and recorded and edited that course. And it was super ugly. And there was like typos in the videos. Like I, I was a mess, man. But ultimately, I did it. And people got results. I remember one of our first testimonials was uh, a guy by the name of Tom, Tom Malviner. And he uh, basically, he's like, hey, I'm 59 years old. I want to learn a muscle up by the time I turn 60. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know. I've never never worked Get with out. someone that old. And uh, and he's like 64 now and can do like 10 in a row. <laughs> so wow. <laughs> so uh, it, it worked for him. He got his first. He got his first several unbroken. And then he ended up making it to the CrossFit game. So that was like, that's really, you know, when I when I got that testimonial back, I was like, wow like we might have something here. This is really cool. Um, so yeah, the rest is kind of history. You know, I just kind of kept growing and, and grinding the business from San Diego, then moving to Japan. We had a couple, you know, videos go viral, which, which really helped our growth. And then here we are now. Now it's, I keep saying we, because now Watt Prep is a team. We have, uh, on any given day, there's anywhere, you know, 10, 11 people working on the team at various capacities. Some people, you know, very much part-time, just a couple hours a week. Some people are, are you know, much closer to full-time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's been an amazing journey, man. It's been a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. So when you, what did you study in college that, and do you think that it prepared you for your entrepreneurial journey? So I studied, um, my degree is an agricultural business management <clears throat> and the reason. Oh, so d directly preparing you for, for making CrossFit videos. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're farming. Um, we, it's so funny because like I, I know nothing about agriculture, nor did I have any interest in it whatsoever, but I took ag agribusiness management because my advisor um, I actually, I, the reason I went to North Carolina state was I was actually on their, their bass fishing team. Um, for anyone listening, that's actually really? a thing there, there is a college bass fishing circuit. It, it's, it, it's awesome. It, it's where I have some of my best memories and I was always a competitive, uh, bass fisherman. So if anyone has the pleasure of being on like ESPN two at like 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning, there's usually some bass fishing shows. Um, <laughs> so that's that's where I, I originally went down there specifically for that because they had the number one team in the nation. I kind of I kind of sort of got recruited by their by their faculty advisor, and I went ended up going down there anyway. He was the one that said, "Hey, you know, I know you, you said you want like a business degree. Come do the ag school because he was a teacher in the ag school. He's like, do the ag school. We give the same exact degree." except all of our classes, rather than being these 500 person mega classes, our classes are like 15 to 25 people. So you actually get to know the teacher, you learn the same exact material. And then there's like a couple electives that will be more agri focused. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I listened to him and that's what I did. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so like, it was kind of funny. He's like, he just said, like, he made that one argument. And I was like, sounds good to me and didn't even think twice about it and did agribusiness management. And I'm really glad I did because ultimately what happened is my, my advisor, you know, granted there were some classes where I'm like, okay, I don't care at all about this. Like, you know, farm tech 101 or whatever, you know, it's just like, okay, I, this isn't my thing, but, but I, I'd, I'd already, you know, done a, a little bit of, of, um, of business myself, uh, at that time. Like I'd started a, a, 
a fishing guide service uh, when I was in high school and college. Like, so I had this, this inkling that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Well, I didn't know what entrepreneurship actually meant. And luckily my faculty or my, my student advisor was like, Hey, there's this new class called entrepreneurship 201 and it's a departmental elective. It's a brand new class. Try it out. And I'm like, okay. And I took it and it was amazing. I remember after the first class, it was like everybody in that class was just like me, meaning like they hated authority. They didn't like following rules and they like coming up with ideas. Right. And it was like everyone in the class had the same exact like vibe. And sure enough, by the end of the semester, I actually knew what entrepreneurship was. I had written a business plan that at the time actually was a business plan to start a CrossFit gym. And of course, I didn't save it on my computer. So when I go to actually start a CrossFit gym, I'm like, where's my oh, business that's plan? That's the worst. <laughs> I even emailed my teacher too. And I was like, do you happen to have it? She's like, no, I deleted everything. And I'm like, no, <laughs> and, you know, learn my first lesson, like always keep things in the cloud. Google drive is, is life now. Um, exactly. So anyway, it, taking that entrepreneurship class exposed me to one, what the word entrepreneur meant. Uh, Cause at the time, again, I had no idea. And then two, it also showed me that like, Oh, there's like a breed of, of people who are willing to, to venture out and do their own thing and who are willing to say, well, this is the traditional way to do it, but I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to try this way. Um, and that really gave me the confidence and the exposure to say, you know, I, I think I, I think I can start my own business. And, you know, we've done a, a couple different businesses along the way. Uh, but Wad Prep has been my, my labor of love for the last uh, pretty much six years now. So when you were, in that entrepreneurship class, was it more so the community of people that you were with that kind of pushed you in that entrepreneurial direction? You always knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur, but being with those people, was it like, okay, this is like, I found, I found this and this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I would say, I think it was, yeah. I mean, I think the, the classes were just organized in a way where it was like very free flowing. We had entrepreneur, we had like founders, that had like graduated from NC state, like come in and give presentations. And it was just, it was incredible to like see these stories where it's like, wow, these people are running, you know, million dollar businesses and they graduated from North Carolina state just a few years ago. It's like, Oh, wow. Well, that's cool. Um, I don't think you back now. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I've never even thought about reaching back out, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to go talk to those kids. Cause it was really like just seeing like, Oh, these are people who are in my, who are in this seat, you know, so to speak, just five, six years ago. And here's what they're doing now. And there were so many, like we had people who were making handmade jewelry. There were people who were doing software companies. There was just people from all over the map. And I was at the time, I was so obsessed with CrossFit. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be a CrossFit gym owner. That was my original, like that. that's the dream is one day in the future, I'll be a CrossFit gym owner. <laughs> and little did, I, little did I know that within the next two years I would actually be opening a, an official box so it was pretty cool how just I don't know just being around the right people kind of manifests the ideas to come to life so when you were you mentioned that you started a fishing guide business and I'm sure you've had other ventures along the way what was kind of the tipping point where it just kind of clicked and you realized okay these are the things that I have to do to to scale and grow and just kind of what is that what was that process like just hmm. learning along the way I'll, I'll put it to you this way um i i truly believe that it takes several business ventures before you understand what the heck you're doing right um and now that being said i still don't think i know what the heck i'm doing but ultimately like my one of my first businesses was um, was a, a shark fishing guide service. We'd catch these sharks from the beach. We'd tag them. We'd release them. So we had this whole like catch and release program. And several of our sharks have actually been recaught, you know, thousands of miles away, which is still the coolest thing ever to this day. Um, and when I started that business, it was literally just like, how can I afford to live at the beach? Right? Like that was it. How can I afford to live at the beach during a summer? That was my goal. And so we ran the business with that goal in mind where it was just like, all right, we get this cash. I divide it among the people who are helping me out. And then like, whatever's left over, that's what, that's what I live off of at the beach. And so there wasn't really any like aspirational, there wasn't any growth. There wasn't any, like I got, you know, my cousin made the website for me, my, um, and she did it for free. You know, it was just a, a bunch of favors, a bunch of very disorganized 
stuff. And then, you know, fast forward when I actually started the CrossFit gym, it was, it was more legit because we were, you know, serving people, um, who would come back every single day. It wasn't just like one client. Okay. Shake hands. Goodbye. And then on to the next one, it was, you know, Oh, we have to like make sure that these people have an experience and they experience it consistently. Uh, and Oh, by the way, now I'm working with, like, I got to find coaches. I don't want to coach every single class every single day. Okay. How do we train them? How do we train them so that their coaching is as good as our coaching? So it was just like, it was kind of trial by fire. And then finally, like, you know, honestly, it was a relief to sell my gym simply because I wanted a fresh start and I wanted to be able to build something, you know, legit from the ground up. And that's why, you know, now the, you know, wad prep is, is way more legit than any other business that I've, that I've started, you know, like we have, we have an actual like brick and mortar location and, uh, you know, employees and contractors spread out all around the world. I have a CPA, like, you know, there's like, it's just, it's just, we're leveling up in terms of um, proficiency and legitness. Um, So there was never like one specific moment where it just kind of like all the stars aligned. It was more of like, okay, well, I think it's time to have someone else join me. Like, yeah, I I ran wad prep all the way until I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really busy. And and my wife knows it was like, I was working around the clock because there was always something to do. Uh, And there's a, police car driving by or a siren of some sort. So I apologize. Um, but no the, it was really just like this, this labor of love of like always trying to figure out how to grow to the next level. And then slowly, but surely um, I started piecing together this team that could help me get there. So really it was just like, what's the next step? How do I attack that step? Okay. What's the next step? And that's kind of still where we're on rather than looking at like, what's our 10 year plan of growth to, eventually exit the business it's more of just like no let's let's make sure we're, we're always serving people and we keep growing consistently so i really love what you said about initially when your goal was to live at the beach with your when your initial like venture like i want to live at the beach and how can i how can i do that and it reminds me of something that i recently listened to are you familiar with obviously you know ben bergeron um, yeah, but his, his podcast chasing excellence, he talks about a lot of people when they start businesses, they just want to start a business to start a business, but they really don't have that inspiration or something that is something that they actually need or want. So the driving force behind making money and creating something is, Hey, I want to live at the beach. And yep. What I want to ask you is kind of what is that driving force now with Wad Prep? If you can put it into a few sentences. Yeah, great question. So, so I fully believe, um, you know, the driving force for us. Obviously, there's financial implications, right? Like I want to be able to afford the the things that I want to do. You know, Shelby and I want to travel. We want to renovate the house. We want to do all kinds of stuff. And luckily she has a super stable, incredible job that allowed me to start Watt Prep. Like without, without her and without her support, Watt Prep probably never would have gone the way it went. Right. I would have had to like try to make money too quickly. I wouldn't have able to been take, I wouldn't have been able to take this very long road to true monetization. Now, that being said, for me, the goal um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of reflecting on this. The goal of Wad Prep was not to like be a business that makes a ton of money, which is a lot of people, that's their goal. The goal of Wad Prep was to make people fall in love with the sport of fitness in the same way that I did. And the way that I fell in love with fitness is once CrossFit became my sport, like once, once I started like realizing like, oh, wow, like here I am, this athletic college guy, but I can't do this movement that these, you know, old girls are crushing, you know, like, and and nothing and they still would crush me to this day. So that's not like a dig, but like at the time, like on this young, young, you know, 19 year old college kid, and it's like, wait, they can do muscle ups, but I can't, what the (laughs) heck? And I'd work my butt off. And then once I'd learn it, it was like, there was like that adrenaline of hitting a new PR of, of setting a new record of unlocking a new skill. And it became this game. So with wad prep, I realized that like, once I, you know, 
did a lot of coaching and, and I started my gym, I realized I really like teaching people the techniques to unlock those skills. And if I could facilitate that aha moment, people would fall in love with fitness. And then there's a, a drastic trickle down effect. It's like when someone hits that first set of double unders and they, or they hit that first muscle up, like they're, they're always going to come back. Like they love CrossFit or they love functional fitness. So here I am trying to start a business. And when I start seeing these people like Ben, you know, your video taught me how to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and that led me to do this, this, and this. And basically I help, I try to knock down those dominoes for the pe- for people so that they can learn the skill. It helps them fall in love with fitness. And then when you fall in love with fitness, functional fitness specifically, there's a trickle down effect to the rest of your life. Like, you know, we're talking mindset, right? Like when I got into to CrossFit or got into coaching and got into business too, it's like, you know, all of a sudden I'm reading books now. In high school, I didn't read a single book. Like I would always read the spark notes. Even in college, it was like, nah, books aren't cool. But then all of a sudden now, now I'm learning. I'm actively growing as a human being, not just inside the gym, but outside the gym. So WadPurp's goal ultimately is to facilitate that aha moment. Like we want to help people learn the double unders, learn that first pull up, learn the first muscle up. And if we can make that happen, we know that the rest is, is going to, the history will write itself, so to speak. Like people will will fall in love with the sport of fitness. They will start to change their lives, which will then have a trickle-down effect on other people in their family, just like it has in mine and just like it has in Shelby's. So like, ultimately, that, that's, that's the whole reason. That's the whole greater purpose here is it's not about building a, a business that I can sell and make millions of dollars. It's not about building a team. All of those things are nice, but what really matters is, is making that impact. Because ultimately, if, like, if I can see the change that I've made in people's lives or the change that we've made in people's lives. That is what really kind of makes me smile and make me look back fondly upon like, wow, it was worth all that hard work. I can definitely relate to that because in the early stages, when I first started doing CrossFit, you watch, you walk into the gym and you're like, these people are insane. The people are walking on their hands. They're doing, (laughs) they're swinging around on rings. And you're like, I like, I want to do that. And it's very, systematic and measurable like i like that aspect of crossfit and like you said there's a very big trickle down effect that applies to various parts of your life that i've experienced over the the past couple years Mm -hmm. and i've fell in love with the process of learning new things so for example when i first started i really wanted to walk my hands i was like this is the Mm -hmm. coolest thing i want to walk my hands and i would try i would fall i'd try and fall and then i was like okay like i need to kind of create a system for this or a program so then i'd scour the internet watch youtube videos go to wad prep (laughs) watch your videos and then come up with my own program and then try to figure it out and change it and i just love that that process and it definitely it's it is that aha moment and it's there's nothing better than seeing someone new come into your gym and do double unders for the first time or get a ring muscle up and I absolutely love that. And I like you mentioned before, like you started out by creating strategies for open workouts. And I'm telling you, man, like I had my my post notification set up whenever you put out a strategy. I was like, I was on it. And <laughs> I remember back in I forget what workout it was, but I also like the when you put out a thing that said, like what, what's your prediction for this workout? Like that always made me think too. Mm. But yeah, I'm a I'm a big strategy guy, and I actually made like a I broke down. I'm sure you've done this too, and anybody that's serious about CrossFit, you're measuring for any timed workout. You're measuring okay, I, this is my work capacity in this time. Um, from this time to this time, I completed this many reps. It took me this time, this chunk of time to do this. Then you're making excel stuff and charts and you're like analyzing your stuff over time and that's where i did this last open and it it really helped me out and i was just like you you were talking about you know creating open strategies i was like all right i need to share this but yeah yeah the 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 open is honestly one of the one of my favorite times uh simply because it it allows people to like it gives them that aspirational like oh this is the level i want to get to 
it's like so many people will kind of coast along and they do their daily workouts and everything like that. And then all of a sudden when muscle ups are programmed in the open, it's like, shoot, I, I totally have been ignoring those. I haven't done them, you know, like I need to learn them and I need to learn them in the next three days. Um, and, and, you know, there's this scramble effect, but man, if, if like we really focus on like trying to facilitate that, that aha moment and the, you know, honestly, it's been thousands of people will, will chime in and say, Hey, like I watched your tips. I watched your strategy and you saved me. Like you helped me have a good performance. And when someone has a good performance and they feel good about themselves, they're going to want to keep playing the game. And that's ultimately like, I, I truly believe in the trickle down effect of, of, functional fitness like people not only just like look better naked which is you know you go to a lot of gyms and that's kind of what everybody wants to do that's really all they're there for they just are there for maybe some mental clarity and also some aesthetics but in 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 crossfit i see this trickle down into like all right my diet's gonna change i'm gonna focus on sleep more i'm gonna you know refine my habits and then oh by the way there's this crazy mental battle going on in my head with every workout i need to work on my mental game and it's just like the trickle down effect is huge. So yeah, man, that's the open is where we, we meet a lot of new people and uh, we're always really excited for that time to come around. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of very fast work and a lot of late nights, but ultimately it's, it's all worth it if we can, you know, make that impact that we're after. So let's focus on the trickle down effect. You know, a lot of people come into CrossFit and they want to look better naked. This might be the way to, to get there. But then they come in, they're like, wow, everybody's tuned in on their nutrition. They care about their sleep for the most part. And everybody's trying to achieve this level of excellence. And it originates from the CrossFit community. And I like how how has the how has the sport of CrossFit trickled down into your life and kind of how would you create buckets in a way that would, that has kind of helped you out? You mentioned that you started doing CrossFit, you, your relationships improved, you started reading more, you're focusing more on nutrition, sleep, just kind of elaborate on that. Yeah. Uh, I remember So in college, uh, when I first started and I first going, started going to like a legit gym, um, I would always go in there and, you know, like Christmas, who was the head coach there, her name's Christmas Abbott. She'd be like, Ben, what do you like? You know, I'd, I'd come in and I, you know, hit a new PR on basically every day. It'd be a new PR for something, you know, because <laughs> that's kind of how, how it starts. Um, and then exactly. And then you're semi, you're semi-athletic and then you start hitting PRs and you're like, oh, then you're hooked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. Exactly. So there was a period where like I would always be bragging about like, you know, they'd be talking about nutrition and I'd be like, yeah, I just, I ate a pint of, pint of Ben and Jerry's an hour ago. Like, what? <laughs> and basically it's like my, my nutrition, my sleep habits, like I was a college kid. So they were just terrible. Um, and I'm not saying mine are perfect right now, but they were terrible back then, but pure experience and athleticism was pulling me through and helping me achieve all these, you know, PRs and stuff like that. But then I hit a point of diminishing returns where like I started realizing I was cramping up in the middle of the workouts. I started realizing that I wasn't, you know, waking up feeling fresh. I was waking up, you know, 10 minutes before I had to coach a class. And I was just like, this isn't sustainable. Um, so because of CrossFit's, you know, unrelenting and unforgiving nature, um, it, it caused me, if I wanted to be really serious about it and compete, which back at the time I did compete, um, I was like, Hey, I need to, I need to take this seriously. And I started taking it more seriously. And, and I was able to kind of organize my life in a way where I, I was able to, to have some of those disciplines to get up a little bit earlier to, to avoid the pint of Ben and Jerry's buy one, get three free, <laughs> you know, like I was able to, um, to take steps in the right direction. Now, all that being said, like I, I absolutely 100% think that a lot of uh, a lot of more experienced CrossFitters or, or people who go to, you know, functional fitness gyms, they take it too, way too much to the extreme. Like they take it way, way too seriously. And I just completely disagree with that notion of like, I can't have a cookie because that's going to affect my performance three weeks down the road. It's like, I just think that's kind of ridiculous and silly. Like there's a lot of people who 
let's just say they chase too much excellence, uh, so to speak. And I actually actively stand against that. I think the way that we make this sport grow is we have, we get people to have fun with it. If we have fun with fitness, that's how we're all going to like the trickle down effect will still be there. Like you'll have those buckets. You'll start caring about sleep. You'll start realizing that you need to drink a little bit more water. You'll start, you know, maybe drinking less alcohol. You'll start having a couple less sweets, but at the same time, I think it's really important that we don't swing all the way to the obsessive compulsive side. And there are a lot of people who do that. And that's why wide prep, like I'm so actively against that. Like I try to have jokes in our videos. I try to, you know, I, I actively eat dessert five times a week. Right. And I fully admit that because it's not, it's, it's never something like it shouldn't be something that makes people so obsessed with themselves and so obsessed with their fitness that they're like, they avoid living life. And that's why like I use CrossFit to live life. And I use CrossFit to be that thing that keeps me consistently coming back to the gym. But like, it's not going to be the thing that causes me to avoid having fun with my friends. And it's not going to be the thing that like, I, I remember training with people who were like, you know, Hey, let's go snowboarding. Oh man, can't go snowboarding. It's the middle of, you know, it's the middle of competition season. You know, like I could get hurt. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, isn't that why we do do this whole thing is so that we can have fun outside of the gym. And uh, I, I just, I'm so passionate about making sure that we don't, don't overdo it in terms of how serious we are about about this whole sport aspect of it. If you have super competitive aspirations, great. But otherwise, like we should be using this sport to get outside of the gym and have fun, right? Like that's one of the whole methodologies is like learn and play new sports, right? So a lot of people don't learn and play new sports because they're spending six hours at the gym every day. Um, so I'm, I, I know that kind of like went down there a little rabbit hole, but it's like there, there, there's a time to be really serious and really disciplined, but there's also a time where you, you need to relax because I think that's, what's going to set functional fitness apart. Is like, if we can become the fun fitness, that's, what's going to really attract people into the sport. But if people see it and they're like, Oh, that's only for the super crazy gym people who all they do is go to the gym, take their shirt off and spend six hours there. Right. That's, that's <laughs> not the, that's not the CrossFit that I want to prophesize. That's not the one that I want to like share with the world. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree with you because that's the biggest obstacle for when I am asking my friends, I'm like, hey, like, let's go, let's do a CrossFit workout. Let's do like, what, how about you just come do a workout with me? And it's like, oh, no, man, like, I, I can't do that. Like, I'm not in that kind of shape. Like, even my brother, my brother's in incredible shape. He's huge. Like, he could lift, put up a ton of weight. He, we just did a Spartan race, like, a few years back and he kicked my butt in that and he would be a perfect CrossFit athlete. But just because he's, he's afraid of that kind of this cult community that CrossFit can sometimes portray of people that are walking on their hands with their shirts off and spending seven hours at the gym. It's, it's tough because, you know, you want to, I think it's so important. I totally agree with you. And i I love that you said that this is kind of one of your goals with Wide Prep is to kind of lower these quote unquote barriers to entry for or hesitations for people because it is such a great community. There is this trickle down effect. There's so many different ways that it can improve various aspects of your life. And that's why I'm so hot on it. And I would love to enter the space in some capacity because I see that it's not just the, okay, let's... I want to look better naked. It's, you know, if I can improve myself in this capacity, then it's going to inspire me to be a better person, build better relationships, get better sleep. And you don't have to, you don't have to time, you know, make sure that you're getting eight to nine hours of sleep every day. Make sure that I'm drinking a gallon of water every day. And all of these, like, doesn't have to be so systematic, but at least the awareness and the community behind what CrossFit brings to people, that's the real benefit. And there has to be some sort of some sort of shift because what made CrossFit CrossFit was the community and the cultiness of it initially. Because people were competitive and it was a very distinct group of people. But now there's functional fitness happening everywhere. And I think that CrossFit kind of needs to it's slowly getting there, but going through like a rebranding process where it's, Hey, you know, we're, we're this fitness program, but 
look how we're affecting all these other people and look how we're changing people's lives and look how we're inspiring people to do great and amazing things and surround yourself with awesome people. So it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of progresses over time. And I'm interested to kind of hear your take on how CrossFit can rebrand to kind of encompass that full experience that we were, we're talking about. Yeah. And I, I think you, you made a really interesting point there. Like your, your super fit brother, um, you know, obviously is very willing to do a Spartan race, but yet avoids a CrossFit gym. Um, and it's like, that's a, that's, that's kind of like where the issue is. It's like, there's this preconceived notion of, of CrossFit is for like the super hardcore, you know, super duper athletes that I watch on TV. And really it's like, we, I'd say, you know, just like Spartan races, like, why do people like them? It's like, you go, you do it. Sure. You can do it competitively or you just do it to get it done and feel really good about yourself. And then a lot of people hang out and drink beers after, right. And you get this like metal and it's just this fun event. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's like, it's just a fun thing to do. So I think that that's where, that's where we really need to take the the sport, regardless of what the name is, whether it's CrossFit or functional fitness or who knows what it needs to be something that's inclusive and it needs to be something that is fun. Um, granted, I'm not saying every day you need to come in there with a smile on your face and you know, everything's happy. <laughs> Best and, one hour of your day. You know, like we, we, we're all family and it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I don't want to throw out all the performance metrics because I think all of us have a little bit of that performance drive within us. Like even, I know people who are like, they've never played team sports in their life. They never like, they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not very competitive yet. All of a sudden when you give them a, you give them like, like say they test their back squat and then one month, two months later, they test their back squat again they will get fired up when they see that change and when they see a PR and they're like, wow, you know, I want to beat, I want to beat myself. I want to beat my old score. I want to beat her. I want to beat them. So it kind of does spark that competitive drive, but there needs to be a delicate balance. If it's all like pure competitiveness, then it could be off putting, which is why I think like things like Spartan races and tough mutters and things like that do so well is you don't have to be this crazy hardcore fitness person. It's just like, it's a piece of your life. And I think that's, uh, that's at least the message that we want to share. It's just, you know, fitness should be fun. I mean, that's all it is to, that's all there is to it. Like fitness should be addicting and and fun and gamified, but it shouldn't necessarily encompass your whole life, you know, unless it's your complete profession, then I understand. But otherwise it's like, this is just a, it's a piece of the, of the life puzzle for people. And luckily here in, in uh, Colorado, a lot of people have that figured out, right? Like, most people that go to the gym that I go to aren't like, they're not living in the gym. They're like, oh yeah, no, I love, I love this. And then they go mountain biking and they go swimming and they go snowboarding. And you know, it's like, they're out, they're active, they're running, maybe doing triathlons too. It's like, they're just doing fitnessy things and CrossFit helps them attain those goals of, of living life outside of the walls of the gym. So I think that's, that's the main thing is like, it should be used to prepare you for, for life's ups and downs and obstacles and, you know, being able to play with your kids when you're old or grandkids or, and also, you know, being able to have fun at new sports. And, you know, it's really nice being able to go play with, you know, play basketball or pick up football or something like that with old friends. And it's, and it's like, oh, yeah, um, I'm still in shape and they're not at all. And I can run <laughs> circles around them now. So it's just like it's really interesting to see how like that's I think that's how I like using uh, CrossFit. Um, not only is it kind of my sport and it's fun in that sense, but it's also like, hey, this keeps me in shape so I can go kick butt and play these old sports that I used to love playing. And I'm not the, you know, I'm not like 10 steps slower than I used to be. Yeah. It's kind of like a longevity thing. And then also, Hey, I want to, I want to kick my friend's butt next time because I, (laughs) I know they're not keeping up with it, but you were also a, a regional athlete. And how was that transition from, there was definitely a certain level of intensity when you were training as an athlete until now. So kind of what was that transition like? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I talk about people spending all day at the gym, but obviously when I owned a gym, I was that person, right? So I'd, I'd coach several classes and then I'd have a, 
a break between my lunch class and the 4.30 p.m. class, and I would spend all of that time working out and barely get finished before going and coaching my next session. So I lived at the gym, and I was a competitive athlete. I <clears throat> won several competitions in the mid-Atlantic area, competed at a high level, uh, both individually and on a team. Um, and ultimately, like in order to make it to that level, even back then, it had to be very much like, it had to be, let's say a very, it had to be a very strong hobby, at least. Like if you were athletic enough, you could kind of get away with it not being your full-time gig. But once, once I saw the, like once they moved regionals from top 48 athletes or whatever it was to top 20 athletes, and then I saw the, the shift in the market where like everyone is a full-time CrossFitter. It was just like, nope, this is where I stopped competing because I just didn't want to be involved in that headspace of like having to freak out every time an open workout is dropped and having to redo it seven times to improve your score by three reps. It was just like, it was a level of, you know, of you had to be fully devoted to training all the time. And it was just like, no, I don't think that's, it's not where I see my future going. Um, it's not what I want to do. I'd rather run a business that helps people rather than just having to be completely obsessive about myself and my training. Uh, and so that's the, the route. And th there was probably also a sense of like, eh, I don't really want to work that hard at, at fitness. Like I, mm -hmm. even though I have the build for it, and I'm like the right size to be really good at this. And like all my numbers are there. It's like, okay, I just, I don't think I want to live in the gym. I've seen, like I've competed with, with games athletes before and, and trained with them. And I see the time and the obsession that it takes. And it's just like, you know, I, I just don't have that taste in my mouth. So I, I went the other route and I said, Hey, let's, let's focus on building a business that tries to make an impact. So that was, that was kind of my shift in, in the market was, um, you know, full time training. And then I, I moved to let's run a business and I'll work out when I can, even if it's only three, four times a week. Uh, that's totally fine with me. I'm staying in shape. But what's funny is I still have this, there still is a capacity there from before. So all those like really long training sessions built a, a level of strength and, and proficiency in the movements um, and an engine even where it's like, you know, I can, I can still hang. I mean, I still get my butt kicked all the time, but it's, it's nice to have that, that level of fitness from before. And, and now it's just kind of like just keeping it up and, and making sure I move, keep my mobility up by, by moving a barbell, you know, every once in a while. And, and, and it feels really good. And, it, and it's in, I feel like I'm in a good place and, and now I can have fun with it in Colorado by mountain biking and snowboarding and playing volleyball and doing all the other things beyond the gym. I love how there's been such a shift to people becoming more active. Like I'm moving down to DC in a couple months and apparently like all my friends say it's very active and people are always running and doing a bunch of things. So I'm like, it's exciting to see this trend emerging and people are getting outside more and just kind of using their bodies more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, uh, you know, due to the lockdowns and COVID-19 and all that stuff, um, you know, I started running too. Like I hate, hated running. Me too, dude. <laughs> and I started, and I started running and I'm like, Hey, this isn't that bad. Mainly because the dogs needed exercise. And, and now, you know, running workouts are, are not as, uh, as terrible as they once were because it's something I can, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm capable of doing this. And now it's not something that I completely despise. Yeah. That was at the beginning of quarantine. Like I hurt my shoulder, literally like the last workout I did in, in a CrossFit gym. And then I was like, okay, I need, I need to shift my priority to something else so I can kind of let this heal and do that. So I, I shifted to running and then so I'm, I'm training for like a half marathon and then eventually a marathon and then also mobility because my ability is, has never been up to speed at all. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about mobility. The, the bottom line is if you want to get better at overhead squatting, overhead squat. If you want to get better at back squatting, back squat. If you want to get better at front squats, front squat. Um, there's a lot of these... You know, back in the day, you know, like K-Star and all these people doing these like super fancy banded mobility drills. And um, our, we have a couple people who work for, for Wad Prep HQ. And, uh, and also I'm, I'm a self-study here as well. Like my personal experience is like you can spend 
like a lot of those athletes that we talked about, like they spend, you know, hours trying to mobilize various ranges of motion. But if you look at like, what do Olympic weightlifters do? They're some of the most mobile people. They don't spend hours doing mobility. They lift the barbell and then the barbell helps expand their mobility capacity. So if you want to get better with that mobility, just like do the movements that you're trying to do to the level that you can do them in and just slowly but surely expand that range. Like if you spend more time at the bottom of a squat, you will get much better with squat mobility. Um, if you spend time, if you spend more time with weight overhead, your overhead mobility will increase. Um, it's like really simple and it seems very archaic, but like the bottom line is I, I didn't do mobility for years and years and years, never did, never got into this whole daily foam rolling banded stretching thing. You know, <laughs> I was literally like, I showed it, show up to the gym and then for the barbell, like if there's a warm up. Uh, and I do this with my classes too. Like back in the day when I used to coach classes, like, Hey, we're snatching today. Everybody go grab a bar. Are we going to warm up? It's like, yep, that's why you're grabbing a bar. Um, and, and you, you can increase that mobility and get warm without all the fancy tools and stuff like that. It's really just like, you need to get your body exposed to that range of motion. Um, and then slowly but surely you will be able to expand that range of motion. You know, you don't want to just stay in the same, like don't always squat to half de- half depth. If you're trying to squat below parallel, right? You need to make sure that you're exposing yourself in some way to that extended range of motion, and then your body will adapt to it. So that's something I've definitely struggled with in terms of learning anything on the internet, whether that be mobility or a CrossFit skill or learning how to do graphic design kind of stuff. Like I've found the best way to like learn anything is by doing it. And there's so many kind of different ways you can go about learning something. There's so many gimmicks. There's so many programs. There's people trying to pull you in different directions. And there's so much information and kind of noise on the internet right now. How do you, how would you suggest somebody focus on the thing that's actually going to help them improve as opposed to immediately paying for a program or, you know, getting lost in, okay, this is, this is what I should be, this is what I should be doing. And there's just, there's a certain level of information overload. And I'm definitely not the first person who's, who's kind of felt this. How would you advise someone to like learn something new when there's so many different resources and quote unquote experts out there? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's tough to it's tough to define that because obviously everyone's going to have their own opinions just like my opinions are different than a lot of other coaches opinions i would always suggest and i've done this with business is is find someone that resonates with you and that you're like compelled to listen and believe and then and then follow their guidance rather than always looking for the next shiny object or hopping from program to program or, or hopping from coach to coach to coach to coach like when you find one that you, that you like, like give them, give them some time. Um, you know, like there's a couple of business people that I've learned from and, uh, you know, like I study what they do and I trust their judgment and I buy their courses. I'm not buying every course under the sun. I'm not signed up to 25 different email lists, right. With a bunch of different tips coming from all different angles. It's like, no, I've, 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 you know, kind of tested the waters. I found a couple that I like and it's like, Hey, I really like this guy and I like the way he teaches and he runs a business that I want to run. And then I followed him and he's helped me along my journey. So that's what I'd say for anyone who's, who's looking to improve their fitness is like, do your research, do your YouTube searching, you know, read the blogs. Some people, you know, uh, like one of my buddies, Todd, who runs a gym in Chicago, he runs really, really, or writes really, really long form, blog posts like super detailed super nerdy and geeky and and he's super smart and that's his style our style is much more simple much more uh you know short-winded i would say and we have some humor mixed in there but a lot of people get really turned off by that so it's like then they they should go listen to a guy like todd um and some people you know want to learn from you know, someone who's geeking out with a bunch of really big words about mobility, then Kelly Surrett's your guy, you know, <laughs> like he's, he's famous for, for word vomiting, release. all kinds of things that, that have maybe some scientific merit, but some of them don't, you know, it's just like, you need to follow the person that you resonate with. And 
and then and stick it out, give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, like I, I remember a lot of people that I used to coach, they'd hop around from program to program to program. And I'm like, well, you're never really giving the program a chance unless you trust it. And so with our courses, we tell people, it's like, hey, if you like our videos on online, if you like our YouTube stuff, if you like our Instagram stuff, you're going to love our paid training courses. And all we ask is that you give us the benefit of the doubt, like you try the program. And if it doesn't work for you, email us, we'll give you every single penny back. And that just very simple, you know, hey, try it out, see if it works for you. If it doesn't, and and you truly believe it wasn't a good fit, just email us, we'll give you your money back. Um, and that's that's the kind of positioning that we try to have in the marketplace. It's just like letting people choose their own adventure. If they choose to, to listen to us, we are there to help them. If they decide we're not a good fit, we let them leave and we don't tie them down with anything. So how do you build a certain level of trust with potential clients? Because you guys put out a lot of free content and very valuable information, but how do, what is that conversion process like from somebody who's casually watching YouTube videos or studying your stuff like crazy to a paid user? And are those users more likely to buy more programs or a lot of them just, okay, I'm buying this, I'm buying another program from this dude over here and here and here. So what's, what's kind of your strategy in terms of maybe your content strategy or like user, user strategy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's super simple. It's, we try to release the best free training content that anyone does. So we try to release the best free stuff on on CrossFit and functional fitness that anyone in the world does. And then if people like it, we always pretty much every piece of content we release, we give them an opportunity to, to sign up, to learn some more, um, to join our email list, or maybe even to join one of our products. And then when they're on our email list, we, we, you know, share lots of free content. And then eventually you're going to get an email with some sort of offer, you know, Hey, we're running a special or we're running a, a combo deal of both of our muscle up programs or, you know, we have a brand new course that's coming out in a couple months, probably called Endless Engine. It's going to help people learn how to run, bike, and row better, and it's an entire program built out for that. Um, so they could either watch our YouTube videos where we're going to talk about running and rowing and biking, or if they want to really, really dig into it and get the step-by-step recipe to achieve success, then they can buy our course. Um, so pretty much, I mean, that's the journey: is people will engage with the free stuff. If they don't like the free stuff, great. You know, they can leave. That's fine. If they do like the free stuff and they really, really like it, a lot of times they'll they'll find their way eventually buying one of our courses. And then we have a tremendously high success rate and also a repurchase rate. So a lot of times people will get one course and they'll get it very timidly. They're like, I don't know. You know, this kind of seems expensive, but I really want to learn double unders. I'm going to give it a shot. And luckily that, that you know, 100% money back guarantee really helps. People will buy our double unders and leash course. And then all of a sudden, five weeks later, they're like, oh my gosh, I've never learned so much. I've never seen such a, a drastic improvement. Like I started with this and now I can do this. Started with eight and now I can do 50. What else do you got? And then they'll buy, you know, three or four more courses. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the general thing is we let our results speak for themselves. And then once people get a taste of the courses, they tend to trickle down and buy many, many more from us. And, and that's that's ultimately the goal. And then we do have really high level coaching too for we have some athletes who basically have joined, you know, almost all of our courses and then they're like, hey, I want more. It's like we we do offer like a really high ticket one on one coaching experience where you can work directly with one of our wide prep coaches and we write all of your programming. We analyze your, every single one of your videos. Basically we we are your personal coach throughout your entire journey and fitness process. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the journey. And, and we've had so many athletes take that journey from all around the world. So what advice would you give to somebody who wants to start their own business, who is unfamiliar with kind of how this process works? Because it's hard to wrap your mind around, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to create all of this free, free stuff for people. And like, when, when am I going to start making money? How am I going to get like my return on it? And it's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is kind of you have to actually create value in order to kind of reap the rewards that you're mm -hmm. you're looking for in terms of seeing the results of, okay, this person went from eight double, double unders to 
or not even doing double unders at all to 50 double unders or the reward of, okay, this person is paying, I'm receiving this much money for this, this program. So what advice would you give to somebody who is trying to wrap their mind around? Like I need to produce this, this content to get said result. Um, I mean, ultimately the way I would approach it is start by serving a very specific market and a very specific need. Don't try to start a business that's immediately like, Hey, I do everything for everyone, right? Like imagine a store that sold everything for everyone. Um, you know, it'd have to be as big as Walmart basically, you know, like, <laughs> or it has to be an Amazon. So it takes a while to get there. How did Amazon start? They started by selling books and then they moved from books and they ended up buying Zappos and then they ended up, you know, Zappos grew because they just sold shoes. And, you know, so it's always like start with a very specific product that solves a very specific problem and serve people effectively. And then when you do that, you continue to grow. So like, again, with, with me, it was, it started with free content and all that. But if I had to start and, and I really needed to make money right away, it would have been like, okay, I'm going to start by helping a small handful of people learn this very specific movement. Um, I mean, back in the day, even when we were just getting started, um, I was running small 10 person classes, like cohorts of people, only 10 people. And I would teach them how to snatch and I'd teach them how to, I think uh, one of them was, I think double unders. And now it's like on any given day, we'll have 10 people join, you know, a bunch of our programs. So it started with a small amount of people with a very specific problem. And then now it's expanded and expanded, expanded. Don't start trying to serve everything to everyone. Start with a very specific problem, solve it and keep doing it. And then eventually like you can't rush the growth. It, it will, it will happen as you do a good job serving people. It'll be a natural thing that occurs. Right. And I think that's a good transition into the conversation on video because video definitely has helped you scale and it helps a lot of people scale because instead of running a 10 person class, focusing on a specific movement, you're focusing on creating content that can serve the masses. So what is, how did you settle on video? You have a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, but kind of what was your, how did you settle on video and what was your, what's your strategy moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love being on video. Um, like when I'm running a class, I there's, I'd much rather talk and speak and show what I'm trying to teach than try to type it out in word form. So when it came to content, you know, you have bloggers that write lots of blogs. You have people who send enormous emails and, and that's not really how I learn things. I like to watch videos. Like I, I learn a lot by watching videos, even though I do read a lot of books. Um, I actually prefer to listen to books. Um, so when I moved into teaching people, I was like, Hey, let's, let's try video because I, that's, that's what engages me. So let, let's try by engaging others with video and, and that's what happened. So it was just a natural occurrence and you know, I, I'm not shy to get in front of a camera and it just kind of happened naturally. I mean, we've tried all kinds of different content, but you know, for me, like running a podcast is not something that I've even tr attempted to do, even though a lot of people want us to do it. It's like, well, I don't know. I just don't feel like I have a lot to provide there, but I can provide lots of good visual cues and, and visual teaching methods. So that's why we've really honed in on video. Got it. And that, that would make the most sense in terms of showing demoing you know, movements and stuff of that nature. But last question, what does it mean to be gritty? What do you think it means to be gritty and curious? Hmm. It's a good question. I mean, when I, I mean, when I break up those two terms, like gritty, gritty is, is simply like the willingness to do hard things. Um, you know, having grit is like, to me, it means that you're able to, to push through the things that, that don't feel good, whether that's in a workout or whether that's in growing a business or whether that's in basically really anything you do. You're, you're willing to, to grind it out. Um, that's what gritty means to me. And then curious, I think, is, is the willingness and open-mindedness to try new things. So being willing to try a new type of fitness, being willing to try a new sport, being willing to try a new business idea. 
Um, I think people who, you know, I, I tend to be a very curious person, maybe to a fault because I, I get a lot of shiny objects that I like to chase down, but I like living life like that. Like I like exploring new things and getting excited about things rather than, you know, oh, no, this is the way I do it. And I do it this way every single time and I'm not going to change. That to me is the antithesis of, of curiosity. So, um, yeah, so that's how I define it. Awesome. Well, Ben, what's the best way for people to reach you? Well, uh, website is, is wadprep.com. We are wadprep on all social medias. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, those are the big three that we use. And then if you really want to learn more, obviously go to our website. We have lots of free training things that you can download. And if you really want to step it up a notch on any of your skills, mobility, um, and things that will help you advance in functional fitness. We have plenty of courses for you. Uh, just go to wideprep.com, click on courses, and we'd be happy to facilitate your growth in this awesome sport that we love. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. This is a great conversation, and I really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more. And best of luck with Watt Prep and anything that you're doing. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure, and I, I seriously appreciate you having me on. You have been listening to the Gritty and Curious Show, where we have conversations with gritty and curious people. If you enjoyed this show, you'd be the best if you subscribed, left a rating, and wrote a quick review. By doing these things, you let me know that you're listening, and it inspires me to keep creating. Until next time, stay gritty and curious.